a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. Hello and good afternoon, everyone. We're back again. I'm Priyanka Shrestha. Hello, I'm Johnny Bester. And we're here again for another special edition of Short Fuse. Yes, Suma and Jeff. Why is uh, that? Yeah. Where are they? I don't know. I think they must be on holiday again. Again? Yeah. They're not here anyway. Okay. Yay! <laughs> um, and you know what the office has been like. But I'm sure Sumit's watching, right? As always. Why? Uh, he's committed. <laughs> or he's focused. Always, <laughs> um, always got nothing better to do. So shout out to um, Sumit and Jeff. I'm, I'm sure Sumit's watching right now. Hello. Because um, he loves Short Fuse. He loves us hosting it because he thinks we do such a great job. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Um, and shout out to Jeff as well. He's on holiday too. Uh, hope you're feeling much better than you did the last couple of weeks, Jeff. Uh, we've had loads of calls for Jeff. Yeah, he's a pretty over, popular guy. Over the few, uh, last few days. But we've been trying to divert that so you can enjoy your holiday. Hope you're not watching us today, Jeff, and enjoying your time off. Yeah. And also, actually, I wanted to give a shout out to my sister because it was her birthday this week, earlier this week. Happy birthday. Uh, we'll be celebrating tomorrow. No one else is invited. Is that Priya? Um, yes, Priya. Uh, and I think it's Vicky's birthday as well. But unfortunately, okay. I can't make it to the drinks, Vicky, if you're watching, because we're going to be celebrating my sister's birthday. But I hope you have a lovely birthday. Yeah, thanks for the invite, Vicky. Uh, <laughs> um, have you got any shout-outs? Uh, no, no shout-outs this week. No, not no, mum no. and dad not watching. Um, we'll say hi to Elena. Hi, Elena. <laughs> okay, um, right, so before we move on to stories of the week, um, I think the government's been very, very busy this week because we've had lots of policy documents yeah. out. And I'm Constant. doing all the boring stuff, mm -hmm. and Johnny's taken all the interesting, light-hearted stories, fun stories. Mm, I've been having a great time. Um, so I thought, before I move on to this heavy policy-driven stories, I've got a quick riddle. Yeah, and I haven't heard it. I know it's no. coming, but I haven't heard it. He knows the it's coming. Yet, he doesn't so. know what it is. So hopefully, let's see if you can answer this. Uh, so the question is, why did the gardener plant a light, a light bulb? Because it's comments, green so. energy? Uh, no. Because he wanted to grow something. Why did the gardener plant a light bulb? Okay, I'll get back to you. Um, right, so moving on to the first story of the week. Um, as I said, very policy-driven. The first one's about large companies. Uh, so the large companies have been required uh, now from April next year. Uh, they will have to um, give their um, details on energy use and carbon emissions. Uh, and it's going to be part of their annual reports. Doesn't ESOS already require them to do that to some extent? Yes, it does. So ESOS is also an energy efficiency program getting yeah. businesses to be more energy efficient and help save money on bills mm. and energy costs. But the difference between the two is because this is going to be on the annual uh, report, which means it's going to be available to the public. Okay. Whereas the other one, um, the ESOS scheme, uh, they don't have to disclose it. Oh, so, so they're that's, upping transparency. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what, what the government aims for is uh, to be energy efficient or for businesses to be more energy efficient by at least 20% by 2030. Um, and that comes on as the government said that it was going to scrap the CRC energy efficiency scheme. So I think from ESOS, compared to ESOS and this uh, new scheme, um, the number of companies who will have to report on the energy and carbon emissions use, uh, energy use and carbon emissions will go up to nearly 12 thousand companies so okay. that's a huge that's a deal lot, yeah. um, so this would uh, affect companies who have at least uh, 250 employees and an annual turnover of more than 36 million pounds 
Uh, and there are some exceptions though. Uh, so that will be if um, it's it's going to be impractical, uh, not going to going to be practical for a business to maybe get all the information. Yeah, that's uh, a lot they of work. Need. Yeah, and also if the directors believe that disclosing uh, some of the information which would be seriously prejudicial. Yeah. So those are some of the exceptions. Obviously, we've got all the details on the website, so you can uh, read more about it there. Yeah, cool. Uh, so yeah, as Pri said, my story is slightly more lighthearted, but be careful <laughs> because uh, so this one is about everyone knows about the Fukushima nuclear meltdown that happened in 2011. Mm. Uh, but scientists have basically done studies on various wines in California. Mm. Not all wines, but some. Yeah. Uh, and they say that the reactor meltdown in 2011 basically increased the amount of cesium-137 in the atmosphere. What on earth is that? It's a harmful radioactive isotope. So okay. if there was loads of it, um, obviously you don't want to be breathing it in or eating it, but yeah. it's in the atmosphere everywhere um, in small levels. But that level increased with the meltdown. Mm. Uh, but these scientists basically looked at grapes in California said that the level of cesium-137 had doubled since 2011. Mm. Uh, but not, it was at very low levels before. It's still at very low levels, so there's nothing to worry about. But, um, I mean, who comes up with, like, research studies like this where you say, let's go to uh, look at some grapes and see if there's um, well, radiation. I, th I think... Uh, exposed to radiation. Don't quote me. <laughs> don't quote me. Uh, but I think the reason they did they chose grapes for this study mm. is because there's kind of a back catalogue of grapes if you think about it in terms of vintages of wine. So they have oh, like the okay. 1947, yeah. the 1978, right. whatever. So this and is more focused, you said, on red wine. Uh, red wine, the radiation is more concentrated okay. in red wines because I think they use more of the wine, the grape the skin, grapes, uh -huh. uh, to make red wine. But yeah, so basically because they using this technique, you can look back at any year and figure out the radiation levels mm. at, in that year at a certain location. They said, don't worry, because since 1952, all wines have actually had quite a lot of this mm -hmm. radiation in it anyway. So if you're all right okay. so far, you'll probably still be all right. So, so we can down those bottles tonight? Yep, you can. Okay, good. Um, so moving on, obviously, from the wine to an energy price cap. Yep. <laughs> um, so finally the energy price cap the government has said that it's going to be low by uh, this winter so the end of the year uh, because the bill has been passed through parliament it was passed through earlier this week um, so as part of that Ofchem will be uh, required to cap the standard variable and mm. uh, the default tariffs and standard tariffs as you might already know are those that are said to be the most expensive on the market at the moment yeah. so uh, consumers are always uh, encouraged to switch to uh, a cheaper supplier or a cheaper tariff, uh, especially a fixed one, if you are on a standard variable tariff. Yeah, because you slide um, onto those, don't you, when your normal tariff runs out. Some yeah. people are put onto them. Yeah, that's right. But there are some uh, suppliers who have pledged not to do so. Yeah. So even if you um, come to the end of the contract, you would still be moved on to another fixed tariff. Yeah, not the most expensive yeah, necessarily. Yeah, not the most expensive. Hopefully that okay. will be across industry um, over the next couple of months or years. Um, so this uh, cap is expected to protect around 11 million customers. So that would be um, low-income households, vulnerable customers. Um, and it will be in place until 2020 as part of the legislation. Uh, after that, Ofgem will be uh, reviewing it. Mm. Um, and it's going to get back to government and suggest uh, whether it should um, whether it should remain go on until 2023, so three yeah. years still after that. And it's once it's in place, uh, end of this year, 
I think Ofgem is going to be reviewing every every six months to see yeah. if that's it's it's helping at all. Yeah, because um, people are concerned about competition concerns and things mm, like that. It reduces yeah. competition, so I guess they're just going to see if it works in the market. Yeah, uh, I think it's a good idea because it's protecting vulnerable customers. But mm. time will tell, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And there are um, people in the industry who are not for this. Yeah, um, yeah. Suppliers have come out saying, everyone. "Yeah, it's mm. not it's not a good thing." So we'll have to wait and see what Ofgem finds out after. Uh, it's in place. Yep. And moving back from policy, uh, this story <laughs> so is... <laughs> I think what, the reason why we're doing this today is because we're trying to break it up. Yeah, it's um, a bit heavy just, if you yeah, have policy story, 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 yeah, every, policy story. If we keep following up with policy stories, so, uh, well, Johnny is going to be breaking relief. it up. <laughs> every policy story that I have. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. So this story is uh, about whether climate change is going to kill the internet. So it sounds quite dramatic. But the internet could be dead in 2033, according to researchers. Does that um, mean we won't have jobs? I guess we'll have to go back to print publication. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll be right. We'll be uh, broadsheets. Um, but yeah, so researchers have said that climate change could kill the internet, and that's because water levels rise. Obviously, that's one of the main things that mm. people complain about with climate change. Uh, and the problem is all the all the cables that carry internet across oceans and stuff mm. that go under the sea. They're waterproof, obviously. Yeah. Um, but in places like in cities on the coast where they have big data hubs and routers and big, you know, I don't know about all the internet <laughs> technology, uh, very technically. But yeah, I so think all Rob this, might know these things. Yeah, you want to come on? Uh, so <laughs> yeah, all, all of the cables <laughs> on land aren't waterproof. So if sea levels rise, they'll be damaged. Mm -hmm. uh, and because of the way humans work, uh, obviously most population centers are on the coast. So. Right. Uh, big cities, lots of big major cities on the coast. That's because there's most people there. That's mm. where most of the internet infrastructure is. Yeah. But because it's on the coast, when the water levels rise, they're going to be the first places hit. To be affected, yeah. So the cities, actually, uh, this study mainly focused on the US, but the main cities that will be hit, they think, by 2033, are New York, Miami, and Seattle. Uh, so, yeah, that basically means that uh, even if those cities are affected and the rest mm -hmm. of the world doesn't suffer rising water, hypothetically, uh, the internet around the world would still be massively affected because those okay. are important hubs for data. Uh, so yeah, Rob won't be able to watch any more of his naughty videos on the internet. <gasps> He's not happy. <laughs> okay, so moving on from this interesting killing the internet story to yeah. uh, killing the feed-in tariff. Ah, nice link. Um, <laughs> trying to link the policy with the fun stories um, or interesting ones. So the UK government has confirmed that the feed-in tariff scheme which is basically a support mechanism for uh, small-scale renewables um, technologies like maybe small-scale wind turbines mm. and solar panels, yeah. um, is going to be scrapped from April next year. Uh, so under the scheme, uh, generators or developers of these projects are paid incentives. Yeah. Um, and it's funded through levies on suppliers, and that is ultimately passed on to consumers. So basically, consumers have to foot the bill at the end. Yeah, to um, encourage the take-up of these renewable technologies, essentially. Isn't yeah, it? it was initially. Yeah, it was, sorry, yeah. yeah. But now, um, over the next couple of months, it's gonna um, yeah. be it's gonna come to an end. Um, it was based on that, obviously, because as I mentioned, it uh, is ultimately funded by consumers. Mm -hmm. uh, based on that, when it was introduced in 2010. Um, it was estimated to add around 440 million pounds to energy bills by 2020. Uh, but now it says uh, the figure is not correct and the latest estimate suggests that uh, it's going to add 1,600 
1,600 million pounds per year to bills. So that's a huge a amount money, uh, increase. Yeah. Uh, and they say that the closure of this scheme is actually going to save between uh, 1.3 billion and 1.9 billion pounds. Okay, so it's a lot um, of money saved. Uh, and if you guys have been keeping track on the website this week, uh, you will have seen that we've actually published another story. Yeah. Uh, which is, so that money that Preset has been freed up, mm. uh, the government has launched a consultation so anyone really uh, with knowledge can get in touch with the government, mm -hmm. suggest new ways that they could support these low carbon technologies. Yeah. And I'm guessing that money that they save, some of that will be rerouted into new support schemes. Yeah, that will ultimately probably that's what's yeah. going to happen. But uh, government hasn't confirmed anything no, yet. And no, one no. of the reasons that trade bodies uh, in the sector aren't happy is because there is no immediate policy replacement after yeah. this at the moment. So yeah, hopefully there's going to be something in place. Mm. But um, but obviously we've, we know for a fact that over the, past, over the last uh, couple of years there's been a reduction in costs mm. of deploying stuff like solar panels. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know you also did, did you not film something about a subsidy-free solar farm? Yeah, last, yeah, we did. Was the it first, this year or last year? It was last the UK's year. First. I think at the end of last yeah. year, and it was the UK's first subsidy-free solar farm. Uh, and I think, yeah, support mechanisms like this help kind of improve the economies of scale of these yeah. new technologies, because obviously at first, when there's not very many solar panels being made, for mm. instance, they're really expensive. Yeah. But as people mm. start buying them, pe more people have them, the cost goes down. So, mm. yeah, I think uh, these support policies are useful, so I hope to see yeah. a good one come up. And I think it's because these costs are coming down, and some in the industry are saying that these projects can go ahead even without yeah, now um, the subsidies the in place. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why the government has decided to scrap it. And it was already actually, the government had already said it would ultimately scrap it in 2019, but it wasn't confirmed, but now they've said this can yeah. happen. But the government is consulting on this, um, and you can send in your comments um, by the 13th of September, so all the details and the links are on our website. Yeah. And uh, that was low carbon technologies, and this is uh, a low carbon <laughs> technology of a different kind. Uh, so the, there's a car, which I hadn't heard of actually, but it's called a Neo EP9. Never heard of it either. Uh, yep, yeah, it costs 1.5 million pounds, so there's not much point to us no. knowing about that really, because we can't afford it on our salaries just yet. And um, I think there should be a video playing behind us. Yeah, so yeah. basically, as you can see, mm -hmm. I don't know if you, any of you went to the Festival of Speed at Goodwood, uh, but this car Where's basically, Goodwood? it is near I've the south heard. coast of England, so okay, vaguely near Chichester. Okay. Where's that? It's near Badwood. Near Badwood. Oh, I don't know where that. I never heard of that. Are you just <laughs> making that up? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, very good, very good. Uh, yeah, that's basically the peak of Rob's sense of humour right there, everyone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so anyway, this car has broken the record for the fastest ever battery uh, powered ascent up the hill at Goodwood, which is quite a famous hill climb. Mm -hmm. It did that in 44.32 seconds. Uh, but a more impressive record, well, not a record, I suppose, but a more impressive statistic, I think, uh -huh. is that that's the fifth fastest ever time for any car in the last 25 oh, wow. years up that hill. So does that mean it's actually faster than... Uh, Alex, do you remember we went to film the um, the Formula E racing? Because yeah. the cars were super fast there. Obviously, yeah. it's the FIA Formula E uh, all-electric racing. Do you want to come on? I was wondering... It so wouldn't be faster because this is a production car. I should oh, have said okay. that. So this okay. is the fastest right. production car, right. electric, that has gone up the hill. Um, so I could, theoretically, if I had enough money, I could buy that and drive it around. Yeah. But the Formula E cars, you can't drive on the road. They're yeah. not legal. 
So they would be faster. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, that's why I was wondering. When, this when will still be pretty fast. The fast. Yeah, that is pretty fast. But I yeah. just I just remembered about the film we did. So mm. we've got I think two videos, films on that. We might post it on Twitter if uh, anyone's interested in yeah. watching. Uh, yeah, and uh, and finally, that is that yours done? Okay, so finally, yeah. I've got one more policy story, and that is it for today. <laughs> um, this is about fracking. So the government has said um, earlier this year, um, I think it was in March or April, the government had said that it is going to try and or unveil plans for faster uh, fracking applications. So now it's said yeah. that it's confirmed that it wants to. Um, make sure that it has the final say on fracking projects, so sh uh, shale gas projects that are at the production stage. Um, so it, what, they, what it's proposed is um, to include shale gas production sites in the nationally, let me get this right, in the nationally significant infrastructure project regime. So what that means is that uh, major fracking projects, so like I said, the shale gas projects mm. in the production uh, stage, yeah. um, like wind farms or like major gas-fired power stations, um, they will be considered a nationally significant infrastructure, which means the government will have uh, make the decision on whether it should give the go-ahead for these projects rather yeah. than the councils making the decision, if that makes yeah, sense, the yeah. final say. I think the obstacle they face a lot of the time is the <clears throat> people in the local councils can be more divided, Yeah. so they face more opposition at the local level. So yeah, I think this will, right. yeah, like you said, speed up the applications. Yeah, but what the government is, um, even though the government said it's going to have the final say, it said it is insisting that communities will be fully involved in this, uh, in the process. So I don't know to what extent yeah. uh, yet. We'll have to look into the full details. Uh, but this is totally against what the uh, cross-party group of MPs said earlier this month. Yeah. Uh, so that's the Housing Communities and Local Government Committee. Um, so everything that the government talked about, these projects being nationally significant infrastructure, that's what the MPs had said the government shouldn't do. Uh, so obviously they've gone against the recommendations uh, because they want to fast track um, fracking and shale gas projects because they believe shale gas or gas in particular will still be play a huge role um, over the coming years or even mm. in, the, in the long term. Yeah, potentially more of a role uh, after Brexit happens and yeah. if we and get less friendly fired. with Putin. So yeah. <laughs> we and, might need and fracking. Coal, coal plants um, closing down as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2025. So uh, if anyone has any views you want to um, share or send to government, uh, it is consulting on this until the 25th of October. Yeah. So there's still some time for that. Cool. And, uh, and yeah, so we're moving on from stories yeah, now, Yeah, that aren't is we? it. Hopefully that wasn't too much. We did try to cut it down because there were a lot more um, stories we had, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so we're trying oh, to cut yeah, down to... Oh, yeah, loads of stories to, coming in a week from Yeah, the this week. I think it's because they're going to be going on recess soon. Um, so they're trying to push everything out as soon. Yeah, get them all in yeah, now. Yeah, now before they leave. Um, but next is events. But Johnny, since I'm doing all the boring policy yeah, stuff. I'll talk I've got, <laughs> no, I've got another riddle for you. I haven't figured out the first one. Okay, yet. I'll give you the first one. So the first question was, why did the gardener plant a light bulb? Has anyone, have you got it yet? No. Freddie, have we had any responses? That's a no. Okay, maybe that's a no. So the answer is because you wanted to grow a power plant. Ah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Um, and I've got another one, which if you, I'm, I'm uh, well, a surprise. Uh, okay, I'll just give you the other one. In which part of the jail are energy criminals kept? The cells. The battery cells. Part? No. That's pretty good. The that is pretty good. Um, but what's another term? Right? You, you don't usually hear the term battery cells. You hear something 
another term the more often. Unit. No, no. No, it still sells because you're talking about prison and jail. I don't know. Tell me. Fuel cells. Ah. No, the fuel cells are more commonly heard than battery cells. Uh, I, think, I think I got the right answer on <laughs> that But that was one. close. That was a good one, actually. Okay, so we're done with riddles and we're moving on to events. Yeah, so uh, events, I'll start with my favourite event of the year, which is the Power Ride. Uh, so that's usually where we go cycling to raise money for charity. Mm -hmm. uh, we do that at the Redbridge Cycling Centre, most of us. Uh, we all meet it up is, there, there on the 19th. It is a tough hill. Yeah, yeah, big hill. <laughs> uh, so that's on the 19th of September. Most people meet up there and we see how many laps we can do. Uh, mm -hmm. But for those of you that can't get there, uh, as always, you can I don't know, commute to work or go for a cycle in yeah. the evening. And for every kilometre you do, we would like to raise a pound, so please do that and donate. Uh, but ideally, you'll turn up and actually meet us at the cycle centre because it's a good laugh. There's yeah. uh, good, good networking, lots of friends there, familiar faces, good food. So how many, how many laps are you planning on doing? And be realistic, Johnny. I think I'll beat my record of 400, which I did last ah. year. I think I did four or 500 last year, so yeah, I'll try and beat that this year. All right, we shall see. We'll yeah. keep you updated. And that's for arth arthritis research. Sorry, I should have mentioned. Uh, yes. So uh, it's a great cause. So yeah, come along. Yep. And moving on to the next one, a big one called Energy Live Expo. Uh, and we've got the Energy and Clean Growth Minister, Claire Perry, who will be the headline speaker at the event. It's on the 31st of October, so Halloween. Yeah. I was wondering if we should tell Sumit that we should have like a dress dress up theme, Halloween theme. Everybody comes dressed yeah, up. Yeah, Claire Perry could wear a Halloween mask <laughs> or something while she gives us her speech. That would be, yeah, that would be a first for, for the sector. Um, yeah, so she's headlining. If you've got any questions for the minister or if you'd just like to book your place, uh, you can email tickets at energylivenews.com and Harry will get back to you with uh, the details. Yeah. Uh, and finally, we've got our Energy Live Personality the Awards. The fun event. Yeah, the fun event, because uh, it's returning to the Silver Sturgeon. Um, so I haven't actually been on Silver Sturgeon before, but it's a luxury river cruise boat that mm -hmm. goes up and down the Thames. And we uh, actually had it before, so mm. we are bringing it back because it yeah. was so popular during um, the previous Telkas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before so. I joined. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. But that's on the 6th of December. Um, and yeah, so basically, if you're a big personality at your company or you work with any big personalities, mm -hmm. uh, please nominate them. And you can do that by going onto our website on the events page and going through there. Or you yep. can email Freddie Rand uh, at energylivenews, freddie.rand Freddie yeah. at energylivenews.com. And I think we should have some footage behind us um, of what happened last year. Yeah, yeah, I can see it there. Yeah, it was a great night. And yeah, so we hope to see you all there. Yeah, everyone in their tux. Because last year was at the London James, Film Museum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the James Bond, Bond theme mm. where we had the James Bond cars. Yeah, there is someone on this James Bond photo booth. Yeah, yeah, it was a really um, good night. Yeah, so this year should be hopefully better. Yep. Uh, and finally. And finally. <laughs> this is the and finally. Uh, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Yeah. And that is because it is uh, this day, uh, 49 years ago, was the day we land off. Oh, we allegedly landed, landed on the moon. Landed on the moon. Mm. Um, yeah, John is very it was all done in a Hollywood film studio. The shadows, they're all wrong. Okay, John, John is uh, an expert in shadows. Yeah, um, yeah. But just a few facts. I thought um, apparently around 600 million people watched this around the globe mm. when this happened, or as Johnny said, if this happened. Uh, and uh, they traveled 240,000 miles from Earth in 76 hours. Mm. 
<laughs> Johnny, you're not convinced. No, I, I don't know. I've yet to make so up So you think mind. all those photos, what well, about the, all the photos and cheese, videos? So how could you land a rocket on it? <laughs> what, what about all the evidence of, you don't trust the evidence? No, Photoshop's it. a wonderful thing. I've seen what these talented young guys can do over here, so, you know, Yeah, so do let us know days. if you agree, disagree with us, any yeah. comments you want to send across. Um, and on that note, uh, any shout outs, Freddie? Any uh, shout outs? I don't know if he can hear me or if he. Freddie's died. Or if, he, or if there are no shout outs. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that is it for today. Yeah, it is indeed. Hope you enjoyed this special edition again. Well, they're the um, best ones, aren't they, really? It is, to be honest. Yeah, I think we've got five views this, this time, five <laughs> people watching. So that's a that's, record. That's a record. Um, Sume is back again next week, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I'm not sure how many people are going to be watching, but um, yeah, Sume will be back again at four next week. Um, but for any stories? Yeah, uh, for any stories, as usual, if you have any good ideas or feedback for us or anything like that, if you want us to come and film, contact us at stories at energylivenews.com. Uh, me and Pri will pick up all those emails and we'd love to hear from you. So thank you very much, everyone, once again for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. And I hope you all have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.